we are we are studying the book of Acts, and uh, as we've been looking at the last couple weeks, I appreciate uh, the book of Acts and the author Luke, who gives us what the church had to endure to even survive in the first century. And what I love about Luke, he doesn't give us a sanitized view of the early church. The church back then has had issues like the church does today. And what we're going to look at in Acts chapter 3 is that the church is coming together and what the apostles are doing is they're spreading the word of God. And what we're going to see in this chapter are basically two things. First of all, God doesn't overlook our brokenness. And the second thing I want us to see this morning is God uses our brokenness for his purposes. And I love this chapter. So if you've got your Bibles or you're looking at your phones or whatever, if you want to follow along, we're going to look at verses 1 through 11 in Acts chapter 3. And let me give you a little background here. Peter, at this time, and John were going to the temple to pray, and they encountered a man who was lame since birth. And Luke records for us what happened there. So Acts chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 11, says this. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part at the three o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. This is incredible. And so Peter, what he does is, he took the layman by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Let me just stop there. I love how he went into the temple with them to worship God. He was outside of the temple. Now he's going into the temple, walking and praising God. I, I just, I just, that's a whole sermon within itself, but I just love that. Verse 9, he says, And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the lame beggar, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded, and they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Let me give you some background here, because it's incredible. This man, day after day, is brought to the temple, and he was going to receive alms, and this is how he received money. He can't get there himself. He's entirely dependent on other people to bring him there. And what's interesting, John Stott, um, just a great scholar, gives some interesting insight about the gate beautiful. And he says, the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, the Jewish historian Josephus described this gate on the Temple Mount made of fine Corinthian brass, 75 feet high with huge double doors, so beautiful that it greatly excelled those that were only covered over with silver and gold. I want you to understand something this morning, that God cared about his physical healing, this man's physical healing, but there's something a lot more significant going on here. And Peter and John wanted to offer this man something much more valuable than silver and gold. So let me, let me just camp out here for just 
for just a moment here, and this is important for, for us to understand. We know that one of the most precious metals in all the world is gold. Prospectors in the 1800s would give up everything to find and dig for gold. Gold is valuable because we have made it valuable. What makes something valuable is the price someone is willing to pay. And right now, we are willing to pay over $2,000 an ounce for gold. Somebody say, wow, that's a lot. We're willing to pay a lot of money for gold right now. We see the value in it. But God was going to demonstrate that this man was far more valuable than silver or gold. I like what Jesus says in Matthew 16, 26. He says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? It's not that God didn't care about this man's his physical condition, but God wanted to use this situation to point to his power and how he cares for people and how he cares for their souls. This man would experience the transformation of God's power and grace. Jesus came to redeem all that was broken because of sin. And the apostles saw this man that was sitting there, broken because of sin. We all live in a broken world and we live with the effects of sin. And death and disease are the result of sin. And so what God would do is he would display his power through this man. And this man who everyone knew was, oh yeah, I know that guy. Oh, that's the guy that sits at the gate. Beautiful. Day after day, depending on other people for help, not only physically, but financially. And I want you to realize we are more like that man than you would ever care to believe. We are that broken man. We are that lame man. We are dependent completely on God's grace and, and mercy. And I love hearing stories about how God transformed lives. Do you love hearing stories about how God transforms lives? Let me just tell you a story. I, this has just been on my heart. Um, last night, my daughter and, and her friend Lily had a, a combined birthday party at their house, and they invited a friend over, and uh, this friend goes to Liberty uh, with Lily Sylvester, and I just asked her a story. I'm like, hey, you know, what, what's, what's your story? How did you get down to Liberty, and what church did, do you go to? And she shared this incredible story. She goes, she goes, well, my parents believe in God, but, you know, we really, you know, we weren't brought up in church. And she goes, there was a friend at my school in Webster who just loved God and began to share Jesus with me. So she goes, I just started reading the Bible on my own. And then she became a follower of Jesus. And then she said, I began to look for a Christian school to go to. She, she looked at, you know, different uh, Houghton and Messiah, different colleges. And she goes, she goes, I picked Liberty. And I said, now, I was looking for a big spiritual reason why she picked Liberty University. She goes, because it was far away. <laughs> she just wanted to go far away to college. But she goes, I love learning about the Bible. She goes, I love my Bible classes. And this is what, I, this is what touched my heart about what she said. She goes, I was looking at different churches to go to at Liberty. And she goes, the church that I love to go to is the one that just loves talking about the Bible because I need to hear the stories about the Bible so I can grow my relationship with Jesus. I'm like, is that awesome? Here's a girl that goes to a high school and another Christian told her about Jesus and lived out her testimony before this girl and it transformed her life. Isn't that amazing? Let's thank the Lord for that. Clap your hands, beep your horns. Yeah. So, so this guy, you know, I, I love hearing that because transformed stories, you know, are amazing to me. And so what Jesus wants to do, what Jesus is going to do for this man is release him from his past. 
It's easy to live in my past with all my failures and insecurities. And so what Peter does is he tells this man just to get up and walk. Now, this man doesn't know what that, what that looks like. He doesn't know what it means to get up and walk. He, he said, this is your new life. You don't have to sit there any longer. And I think it's easier for us to give up and remain in our present condition, in our past condition, and never realize that Jesus sets us free to walk in the freedom that he desires us to walk in. I think sometimes for us it's easier to get caught up in our past and our failures and the things that we've done wrong in our past, and we forget that we are free in Christ now. That he wants us to walk in that freedom and that newness of life every day. That doesn't mean we don't make mistakes or that we don't come to the Lord to confess our sin. But Jesus wants us to come to him, to run to him and say, Hey, I made a mistake, Jesus. I failed in this area. And he picks us up. He restores us. He makes us new. He does not want you to walk in the bondage of our past. Amen? He wants us to walk in that freedom that he gives us. And so Jesus wants us to walk in the new life he's given us. In Christ, I have the ability now to choose joy, and I have the ability to choose freedom. But I must get up and walk in that freedom. So at first, I don't think the man realized that he was healed. I mean, Peter said, hey, listen to me. I don't got any gold on me. I ain't got no silver on me. But you know what? I got Jesus on me. And he wants you to get up and walk. And I, I don't think this man at first really understood that. So what Peter does is, Peter takes him by the right hand to help him up. Now, I'm kind of weird when I read the Bible. I don't know if you're weird like that. But the, the moment I read that scripture, I think to myself, why did Luke say that Peter used his right hand. Are any of you weird like me when you read the Bible like that? I want to know, why did why did Luke, why was he so specific about the way he helped him up? And why did he say his right hand? Um, maybe he just mentioned it, but I think there's something a lot deeper that's going on here. And so Peter helped him up to his feet so that he could, he could walk. So I want to look at why Luke was so specific about saying the right hand. And there, there might be something more here. And let me extrapolate this verse for just a moment. The right hand has much significance in the Bible. The right hand speaks of the power of God. Now, how many of you are left-handed? Okay, you're not any less of a person if you're left-handed. So my daughter Lily is left-handed. This is not, God's not saying if you're left-handed, you're a lesser person of Christ than the all the right-handed people. So all you left-handed people, you're special, okay? You're special. But I want to understand why there's this symbolism of the right hand. It has much significance in the Bible. The right hand speaks to the power of God. Psalm 74, 11 says, why do you hold back your strong right hand? Unleash, unleash your powerful fist and destroy them. The right hand also can be understood as a place of salvation, refuge, and protection. Psalm 16, 8 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Somebody say amen. It's at the right hand of God. Jesus sits at the right hand of God where he intercedes for believers and exercises authority over all powers. Let me read you a couple New Testament verses here. Mark 14, 62. Jesus says, I am, says Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, coming on the clouds of heaven. Paul speaks about this in Romans 8.34. 
Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Peter also talks about this in 1 Peter 3.22. Who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. And so what Peter was doing by helping him up by the right hand was, was showing him compassion and love and showing him the power of God that he now is at the right hand of God under God's security, protection, and salvation. No longer is he in that condition any longer. God has transformed his life. And so what God does is he reaches down in our state of helplessness and extends his right hand of mercy and grace towards us. Aren't you thankful for God's grace and mercy that he extends to each and every one of us? And so I want you to see that the right hand is actually a place of security, it's a place of healing, and it's a place of salvation. And God always wants us to be at his right hand. He wants us to know that when you are with me, that's the place of security. You are with me. I'm the one that heals your soul. When you are with me at my right hand, I'm the one that gives you salvation. I'm the one that gives you eternal life. And so this can happen in our lives that we're so used to living sometimes in our pain that we don't know what it means to be healed in the name of Christ. And I talk about this all the time. We all have secret scars in our lives that maybe no one sees or no one knows about. But Jesus knows about those secret places in our lives. And guess what? Jesus knows them. And he doesn't want you to hide them from him. He wants you to give them to him so that you can find healing. Listen, something that is hidden in the dark stays there and will only wound you. Something that is brought out into the light for Jesus' sake is when the healing occurs. Jesus wants you to bring that into the light so that he can heal us, not shame us. Do you know what it's like? So let me ask you a question. Do you know what it's like to live at the right hand of God? Are you living as that healed person, healed from your past? Here's here's what God wants to do. God wants to reach down right where you are. God isn't waiting for you to get it all together. Let God change you. This man, day after day after day, would go to this gate beautiful and allow other people to help him, to give him money. And then God comes one day, Jesus shows up into this man's life and completely transforms his life through God's mercy and grace. I want you to notice something. This is this is the amazing thing about God's grace. This man did nothing to earn it. He wasn't even asking to be healed. He was just there. And Peter says, hey, I got something for you. In the name of Jesus, stand up. Peter didn't say, hey, wait a minute. Let, let me look at your resume. Let me look at your past. Let me look at all the things you've done. You know, you got to get these things right before I can heal you. You know, I mean... You got a pretty, you got a pretty bad past here, and uh, yeah, you know I, I've got to. You, know, you got to get some things right. God reaches down to him right in the midst of who he was and where he was, and God does the changing. Listen, God is not asking you to fix all yourself up. Then, then that would mean that I have a part of it. God says, "No, you come to me just as you are." And what I love about the story of this man, this is who we are. We come completely disabled before the Lord. We come completely broken before the Lord, completely dependent on Him. And when you realize that, then you will understand the power of God's grace. 
I want you to see the joy that this man had when he was healed. He was jumping, and guess what? He was praising God because of God's grace upon his life. And so when we understand how far we've fallen away from God, you will then begin to understand how powerful God's grace is and what joy it will bring into your life. I've come to the realization that I bring nothing to the table when it comes to my salvation. This man was completely dependent on grace for his life, the grace of others to help him. We are entirely dependent on God's grace for our salvation. If I brought something to the table for my salvation, then I could barter with God. God, I'll give you this part of my life, but you can't have this part of my life. Until we come to the realization that I have nothing to do with my salvation, it's all dependent on God and His unconditional love and grace and mercy for me. When I come to Him by faith, that's when God radically transforms us into His children. So I would say to you today, for those of you that just feel burdened because you're past, or you feel like you're not good enough, or maybe you tried church in the past, and you just felt beat up, and you felt shamed, and you say, I could never be a Christian. Listen, that's you trying to do it on your own. I would tell you, you just come to God by His grace, and His mercy, and His power, and allow Him to transform you like He did this lame man who was lame for his whole life. God transformed him. If I come to God through grace, then there's nothing that God cannot ask of me. If I come to him by grace and I bring nothing to the table, I'm completely saved by that grace and there's nothing that Christ cannot ask of me. And so I love the end of the story. Um, as the healed man clung to Peter and John in thankfulness, Peter turns to the amazed crowd and then begins to point this healing to Jesus. Not himself, but to Jesus. He said, this is the power of God. This is the power of Jesus to transform lives. And so Peter tells the crowd that they shouldn't be surprised by this, that they should know that God is all-powerful, that he sent his son to deal with our sin. So, so today, I just have a question for you as we just finish today, and I'm so glad everyone came today, and those of you that joined us online, I just want to ask you just, just a couple questions today. How are you living your life today? That's my question to you. How are you living are you living free under the right hand of God? Or are you stuck in your past? Or are you trying to do religion in your own power? That is just not a great place to be. You will be frustrated if you're trying to please God through your own goodness. Because how many know one day I feel like I'm doing really good, and then the next day something irritates me or somebody bothers me and I'm like, what is going on in my life? Am I the only one that feels that way? Amen? Amen. Amen. So we need God's grace each and every moment and day. We need that grace in our lives. So I want to ask you, how are you living in your life? God says to you, stand up and walk, take my right hand and stop living in your past and allow me to come into your heart and life and walk in the freedom that I want to give you. And just remember, when you're battling with your past and your past regrets, the hand that you need to take hold of is not the hand of your past, but the right hand of Jesus. And take his hand and allow him to lead you 
and guide you through His grace and mercy and allow His forgiveness to flow through your life. And you will be a person that walks by grace and mercy. And guess what? When that happens, God's grace and mercy will not only flow into your life, but it will flow into other people's lives that need to hear that grace and mercy of God that He's come to heal us, that we don't have it all together, that we are messy people. But that's exactly who Jesus came for, is messy people. So, I love that story. I just love that story because I can just see every single one of us in that story. We are that man, and we are completely dependent on God's grace and mercy for our salvation. Amen? So, did you pray with me this morning as the worship team just comes and leads us in this last song today? And listen, if any of you are here today and um, you're just struggling today or you just need prayer, Pastor Brandon and I will be hanging out after uh, the service today, please grab us or make sure you go to our website. We have a prayer tab and uh, we pray for that and, and our prayer team prays for all those requests. Please feel that you are not alone. You are never alone in the family of God. And we want to make sure that you know that and that you are loved and that we want to pray for you. So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this wonderful story of this man who you healed and saved and delivered by your grace. Lord, I pray for anyone here today that is just battling with their past, battling with guilt or depression or whatever it may be, God. Jesus, I pray that we would reach out and take your right hand, that, that hand of security and protection, that Jesus, you are at the right hand of the Father forever interceding for your children. Our security is not in ourself. It's not in our past. It's not in our accomplishments. Lord, our security is in the one who overcame sin and death, and that's Jesus. So, Lord, we pray that you would just uh, just wrap your arms around us, God, and let us know that you are here for us, that you will never leave us or forsake us, that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So I thank you for your healing today, that you completely heal, that Jesus, you are a healer today. Thank you for conquering everything for us. Thank you that we don't have to do it ourselves. We have a perfect Savior who has gone before us, who's done everything for us. So we are so grateful for you, Jesus. We love you, we thank you, and we want to be careful to ask all these things. In Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name, everybody online said amen. Everybody in the lawn said amen. Everybody in your cars said amen by a horn beep. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Let's sing this unto the Lord.